Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's going on, earners? Welcome to EYL University, the number one place for business education. Shadi, tell them what we bring in. Yes, EYL University already has over 100 past webinars from all areas of business. It includes weekly webinars from industry leaders. It includes access to our investment Facebook group, movie club, our book club. It also includes access to monthly financial planning calls with yours truly. But what has been added has access to MG the Mortgage Guys Home Buyers Blueprint over 14 hours. Everything you need to know as far as the home buying process is concerned. And also, what has been added is access to our monthly group chat call. Right. So once a month, me, Troy, and the whole team is going to let you in on our personal plays, our portfolio, what we're doing, and more. So, all of that, we are running for a special promo code of 70% off for a limited time only. So head to EYLUniversity.com right now and take advantage. You know how this works. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. We'll see you on the other side. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop.
All right, guys, welcome back. EYL, this is a legendary episode. You notice the backdrop is different. A little different. You <laughs> <laughs> should have done, done that backdrop. That, you got to get a shot of that. Yeah, 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 for we'll, sure. We'll take the picture there. For sure, we'll for sure. We'll take the picture there. So, you know, Legends Only, that's that's our motto this year. We'll call that this, this is the Legends Only edition. Yeah, we did a lot of Legends. Um, Mark Cuban, Oof. of course, yeah, the yeah. legendary Mark Cuban, Shaquille yeah. O'Neal. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Dwayne um, Wade. Dwayne Wade. Wow. Uh, Gary V. Wow. Percy Miller. Master P. He was in town uh, Saturday. I was supposed we, to hook up for us. Yeah, he yeah. Was, in town. Oh, was that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so, so this is right in that in that vein. Grant Cardone needs no introduction, but I will give him one. One of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, CEO of Cardone Capital, where we are right now. Very impressive studio and building. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank Lights you for are bright, yeah. <laughs> International speaker, entrepreneur, best-selling author. Ten X. I actually have Ten X book. I read Dude, that's years awesome. ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Real estate investor, I mean, $1.4 billion, correct me if what? I'm wrong. What? <laughs> you guys just cut me for $900 million. Oh, man. Yeah, we're at $2.3 billion. Oh, breaking news alert. The, the number like, just like, I, I got to go kill myself at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Something just happened. This is the worst Sunday of my life. <laughs> so $2.3 billion. Yeah, yeah. $2.3 yeah. billion in mostly multifamily properties yeah, yeah. throughout the United States of America. Um Hosted the 10X conference, which is a huge, the huge, in the huge, world. huge deal. Yeah. Um, the crea- I, I believe it is. It's true. <laughs> and then you're, are you the creator of Undercover Billionaire? No, I'm not the creator of it. I was okay. the star this year, the second season okay. of Undercover Billionaire for Discovery Plus. Okay. So you got to cut the hair off. Look just like you, man. <laughs> People are like, is that- Troy, Troy's in public. <laughs> So, I mean, we can go on and on, but first and foremost, thank you for having us. Thank you yeah, for joining thank, us. Appreciate you're welcome, it. You're welcome. Thank you guys yeah. for taking interest in what I'm doing. Yeah. And let's get you guys the throne. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what we're here for. That's what we I want this to be the number one podcast show for business in the world. Your show. We're close. I'm going to do yeah. what I can to, to two, push you guys. Two steps away. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, let's get into it. All right. I want to start with real estate, right? Okay. Because you have an interesting philosophy on real estate. Most of the time, we grow up, and most people, middle class people, working yeah, class people, yeah, 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 the home is the biggest purchase, yeah, the biggest, yeah, investment, yeah, thing that they, you know, you work and you purchase on, you, yeah, your equity, yeah, you can refinance, you can pass it down, all of this stuff. You say, do not, the home that you live in, you should not buy. That's right. Your home is not an asset. That's right. But you have over two billion dollars in real estate, so you believe in real estate. But you don't believe in your home. Being. No, I believe a home is a place to live, right? Okay. It's a place to live. You, you you want food? You go get food. You want a refrigerator? You want to keep your food cold in a refrigerator? You get a refrigerator. You want a place to keep your refrigerator? Rent the house. You could rent the refrigerator too. If they let me rent food, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to use it. I just want to use it and move on. I don't want to. I don't want to be stuck there. Mobility, the ability to move to go places on this planet, okay? Uh, like if you look at Detroit, if you were invested in a single family home on the wrong side of Detroit in the last 20 years, you lost your money. Look at hundred, hundreds of millions of people in America lost all their equity, all their money being invested in 2007 and 2008. Still people underwater in homes. But what happens is, see the banks, okay? This, this is a whole, this, this is why like the system is so corrupt. 
Okay. It's, it, and I grew up with a single mother and my dad died when I was 10 and the house was paid for it. They did the grandpa Dave, uh, uh, uh <laughs> grandpa Dave. Y'all know grandpa Dave, right? <laughs> Don't buy a coffee. Okay. Uh, ride a bike to, to work. Don't, don't use a car. And, and oh, by the way, the only thing you should borrow money for is a house. It's completely stupid. It's antiquated. It is to really literally, it's a corrupt system that is built to, to, to create. It's, it's slavery because what happens is once I buy that house, it's a 30 year mortgage. I'm 27 years old. I'm in that house. I could be in that house till I'm 57 years old. Okay. I should have taken that same 5% or 10%. Now it's 20%. And I should have taken that money invested in myself in a business. Me and a business can move. It can move. It can grow. It can get big. A house can't grow. If it's 3000 square feet, unless you're going to spend more money on it, it's not going to get bigger and you're ever going to move it. And nobody's going to come to your house and give you money. No business has ever been done in a home. Mm-hmm. So some of your viewers are going to say, oh yeah, Henry Ford started in a, in a garage and, and Steve Jobs started in a garage. Yeah, but they didn't get rich staying there. They left the garage. They left the garage to go build a business. Mm. And, and so all I'm saying to you, I moved seven times. Okay. Uh, Warren Buffett's had one house and one car. Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban's never going to say, I bought, I bought houses and that's how I became a billionaire. No, he invested in his business. He invested in his idea. He got better at his game. So to me, a house is a place to live, maybe raise my family hopefully do a good job of doing that, you know, and it's a place to be protected, but I don't have to own it. I don't have to own it. I can rent it. And then every 14 months or every time the landlord's not treat me right, I'm like, you know what? I'm out of here, man. I'm going to go to a new deal, mm. maybe a new city, a new place. But your, your real estate journey, right? So you, you've gotten to this point of billions, but it started, it started at 15. And so I'm like, 15. What was that process like? Were you driving around looking for homes with somebody that was with you? And then what was that process up until getting your first home? I know it was single family. Yeah, yeah. What you said, I'm never doing again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so what happened was the first lesson I got was at 10 years old when my, my, my dad passed. My mom had to sell the house the next week. This was a home that was paid for in a good location, by the way. But she couldn't keep it up. She was worried about the maintenance of the house. She dumped the house. She did the responsible thing. She was terrified. She had no money coming in. And that was the day I learned about, I almost wore my cash flow shirt today. I should have. Cash flow is king, man. The, the ability to have cash coming in without me having to work. And my mom's, ca- the cash flow got stopped because my dad stopped. Okay. My dad died, right? So she had to dump the house, cash in the life insurance. And start selling stocks that she had so she could accumulate cash and hold on to it. She became a hoarder because she was scared, a hoarder, mm-hmm. right? She was scared. So she was trying to just hold on to money. We sold the house downscaled. At that moment, I'm like, oh, uh, uh, that house was not an asset. That house became a liability for my mother because she couldn't maintain it. Property taxes, electricity, utilities, and upkeep. She didn't want that obligation and that liability. Even though the house was paid for, she dumped it, moved to a smaller house. She should have rented. That's what she should have done. That way she wouldn't have been out any money and she had the mobility to move around the town as she she wanted to. So I repeated that mistake when I was 28 years old because I was lazy. I took $3,000, bought a single family home. It was 78,500 bucks. It was easy to get the loan. I'm telling you, if it's easy, don't do it. The system is corrupt. Banks made more money on single family homes last year than all the owners of single family homes combined. They make five or 6% every year. As long as you have a loan, they make five or 6%. 
the realtor, the a realtor makes six percent when you when you bought bought it. They make six percent when you sell it. That means to buy and sell a home, if you had a home ten years, you would have to make six percent on the buy, six percent on the exit, and you have to you'd have to make sixty percent just to pay the banks back. So you'd have to make like seventy two percent on your money just to break even in a house deal, and you were stuck in the same place for ten years. So I bought a single family home, rented it to a girl named Janet. Her and her sister rented it. I think my note was 500 bucks. Uh, I made, uh, the rent was 625. I made $125 a month. I thought I was a genius until they moved out. When they moved out, I was like, no rent income. My li- my asset became, became a liability because yeah. they weren't there. The real asset was the tenant. So all of a sudden I had this house. I didn't know how to rent it. It was, uh, I think it was, uh, November in Houston, Texas, it's getting ready to be cold and wet. I'm not gonna be able to find a renter. I don't find a renter until February. I sell the house, get my money back basically. I said, I'll never do that again. I say one door, no. If it's got one dough, I say no. Okay. One dough, okay. no. I say, don't be a one flow hoe. Okay? <laughs> and, and, and that's what I was, I was a one flow hoe. I, I was basically Janet's bitch. Yeah. Because when Janet left, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta pay, I gotta make the, the payment. Yeah. And so the next time I would buy a re- piece of real estate, it was 48 units in, in Southern California. So I went from one unit. I said, I'll never do that again. The mistake was being dependent upon one thing. It's like having a business with, it's like having a grocery store with one product. You would never do that. Or having one stream of income. Oh, one yeah. stream of income. I mean, have one wife. That's a good idea, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless, one's hard unless, enough. Unless you live in Utah. <laughs> That's a different thing. I, don't think <laughs> I got a feeling you're not a Mormon. I don't know. I'm just thinking. So, you, you, uh, so all right. So yeah. how do you so how do you scale from one home to your next property was 40, 48 units? Because yeah, yeah, 48, 48, 48 units in one building. Apartment building. So it was apartment so, building, 48 units. So how did you how did that happen? So so I just started studying. I started studying. Every weekend for three years, I went and shopped real estate. I knew what I had done wrong. As soon as I did it, as soon as the check moved out, I'm like, dang, dude, buy more units. Don't be don't have one door. One door is for a home. You go in the front door and you go out the back door. If you're in a bad neighborhood, have one door, close off the back door. You know, like there's no way in this house except the front door. And so the problem with real estate, with real estate or any business, you want to have multiple pieces or products or flows of income, right? So I started researching real estate. I would literally, I lived in Houston, Texas, and I would just go shop real estate every weekend. I'd walk the property, look at it, two units, four units, six units, eight units, 20 units. Mm -hmm. Started doing the math on it and just until I figured out, oh, wow, I can do this. You know, I could figure out how to buy 48 units. 48 units is actually easier to buy than two or three. Why is 48 units easier to buy than two or three? The bank treats 48 units that collect $1,000 a month at each unit to be a business. Okay. They understand, uh, I'll give you a perfect example. I can go to Bank of America and say, hey, lend me money, uh, lend me a million dollars to buy Bank of America stock. They will not lend me a million dollars, okay, on Bank of America, even if my credit's good. Yeah. They will not do it, I don't care who you are, for their stock. But if I go to them with a million dollar real estate deal and say, hey, lend me a million dollars in this real estate deal, they'll be like, we'd love to. That shows you the value of a bank stock compared to a bank uh, feeling like this property with 48 units. During COVID, churches were closed, strip centers were closed, 
uh, bars were closed, restaurants were closed. Uh, that mall was closed right over there, Aventura Mall. Mm -hmm. Like America was shut down. Not one apartment building in America was shut down because people have to have places. So to how do you, how do you, how, what's the approval process for commercial buildings as opposed, you said it's easier. So you have to have cash reserves. You have to have cash. You have yeah. to have cash and you have to have credit. cash reserves and you got to have some credit. But most importantly, you need to have some experience. So, but that time in between, I know it was like a five-year span, but from that first single family, it was three years. Three years, yeah, yeah. To get, so this is like a, I think it's it's a one point nine million dollar deal. It, that deal was a one point. Man, dang, you've been researching, man. <laughs> He's the research see, department. See, that's what that's what Grandpa Dave doesn't do. <laughs> he can't. He can't. He can't. He can't anymore. He's just repeating the same stuff. Like I can hear you guys are willing to bring new ideas to your audience. <laughs> yeah. and, and you got to look at America. Like I'm looking at America right now. Cause I, and I looked at, I looked at my dad and my mom, my, my dad did everything right. Yet when he died, my mom was, my mom was hustling. She was scared when she should have been in grief. She was in fear and she's having to dump stuff, man. When you're a widow, you should not be having to sell stuff. You should be in grief. And she couldn't. She's like, I got to sell that. I got to get rid of that. I got to collect my life insurance. She had five kids to raise and nobody to trust. She had no education. She did not know anything about money. So she made some moves that, that were defensive, but not good for her. So when I sold that first piece of real estate, I'm like, I did something wrong here. Real estate's not the problem. It's what did I do wrong in the real estate? I had one door. So I started doing the research every week. Back then, there was no internet where you could go check, how do I buy 48 units, okay? So I started asking people that were in the game, tell me what I need to know. Tell me what I don't know. Tell me what's a good location. What, what is cash flow? Uh, how do I get a loan? You need about 25% down to do a loan. Um, so I started saving money. I started like, okay, I'm gonna put money down. What is 48 units gonna cost me? You know, uh, it's gonna cost me about, at that time, it wasn't a lot of money. It was like $4.8 million. You could buy 48 units in California. I'm like, this is crazy, right? <laughs> Looking back, you'd be like, okay, I'll buy one of those too. You guys would do that right Take now. Right now. Yeah, yeah. So what do you Sign need to up. figure out? You need to figure out how do I get a loan? How do I get the down payment? And how do I get the experience to tell the lender I'm a manager? The most important part is the manager. It's not the credit and it's not the down payment. Okay. So the first thing I had to do was I had to get a partner. So I went and found a guy that knew real estate. And I'm like, you, I'll do the money. Okay. I'll sign you be the guy and I'm going to give you a piece. I gave him 25% of the upside of this deal because I needed that. I needed that, that guy. I needed that. What do you, what do you call it? Uh, uh, somebody told me the other day, I needed the cred. I needed the, uh, huh? The receipt. I needed the receipt, man. I never heard that word before. Man. I was like, dang, what is the receipt, man? You know? so, Spectacular I, to the rescue. Spec, I was telling Spec, I said, Spec, That's I grew Spec up right with, there. Where's Spec at? Right dude, there. Dude, dude. I said, Spec, I, I grew up with black guys. He's like, I need a receipt. I said, what you talking about? <laughs> Show me a picture. The point is, I need. what do I need? Oh, I need a management experience because the bank is not going to give you a loan. If you have good credit and the money, they're going to be like, can you manage that 48 units, those tenants, the bed bugs, the roaches, uh, the tenant bounces, the evictions? Can you do all that? Okay. I had my guy. He did that. Yeah. And I gave him a piece to do it. Then I need to figure out how do I get the stack? Okay. Look, there's no shortage of money on this planet. You guys know that, That's right? That's a fact. Right? Dude, That's a fact. Like, just, like if you got this mental thing that says there's a shortage, there's more money on this planet than there are people, more money than there are phones, more money than there are model jets. There's more money than there are books. There's money. They just print money, man. Money is manufactured. Your, your mom and dad probably told you money doesn't grow on trees. No, it's it printed on a damn machine. 
Like they just and put it in factories. So there's so much money. You just got to figure out how do I get that money? And so in that three years, what I did was I found what my target was. I wanted a certain amount of units. Mm -hmm. I knew my deal was going to be my next deal would go from 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 300 or what what did I buy that deal for? Nothing. Right. Ninety seven thousand or seventy eight thousand dollars. My next deal was going to be probably one or two million dollars. And I just started stacking in that period of time, stacking the cash necessary to buy the deal, calling on people, getting money, putting the money away, storing it. Every time I could store it, I just put it off the side and that, that's going to go to that deal. And then I started trying to learn about what is the right deal so I don't lose money, so I get cash flow and so I can get maybe so, some upside. So what's a good deal for you now, like these days? You still look for real estate. You still do multifamily. Yeah. You said a good deal. So what is a good deal? Uh, well, well, a good deal. I mean, a good deal is a good location. You know, I mean, I buy massive deals now. These are big deals. Really not, no, no more 48. No more 48. So what's, what's, a, what's a good deal on a massive deal? What's a massive deal? Yeah, we're talking I mean, I just, okay, this, 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 yeah, I mean, I did a deal in December. This, it was $165 million, one deal. Okay, so what's that, what's that deal look like? That deal looks like, uh, that deal looks like $65 million down. I financed $100 million bucks. I had three banks that wanted to give me a loan. These are all things you're looking for. I want multiple banks wanting to lend me money. Okay, I don't want one bank. I don't want one, one guy saying, yeah, we'll give you a loan, but two other banks say no. If three banks say yes, that's a good deal. Okay. Number two, it cash flows. The month, the first month I own that deal, I want to check back. I want to check every month. I don't want to check every quarter. I want to check every month. I don't want to check 10 years from now, dude. I want that paper back today. So I give you this. I go to work. I want to be paid and I want to be paid this month. So number one, I want a great location. I need it to be a big deal. The bigger, the better. You know, I want to know a big, big, big is easier than, than little, you know, and, and, uh, I want it to cash flow. I want multiple banks to give me a loan. And, uh, I want to know, lastly, who am I going to sell it to when I buy it? I already want to know how to exit when I bought it. So you got your exit strategy before you, dude, I know, I know that there's good. I know the five buyers that will, that I can call on the phone and say all five of you bid on it. You already communicated with them. I know who's going to be a player on the deal on the way out. So how, how does that process work when you get And you can't know that when you buy a house on 2021 20th Street. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. you already- because you're, you're, selling, you're selling in a market. You're selling to people that, that are economically driven. See, yeah. I, I never want to sell to somebody that needs the economy to be good. I want to sell to people that have too much money. I want to sell to people that have so much money that money is their biggest problem. And they got to find things <laughs> to do with it. Yeah. Dude, they have to spend money. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to put a portfolio together. You just learn the deal. This is where I went. One house. I bought one house. Oh, wow. Who am I going to sell it to? Then I had to find somebody who could, could pay me seventy, eighty-one thousand for the house. Guess what's the problem with that? He's got to have a job. He's got to have credit. He's got to have a down payment. And he's got to want to buy a house from me. That's a problem for me. Because what if the economy shit? You know, what if he lost his job? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go buy, I'm going to go buy 48 units. I bought 48 units for $1.9 million. It was a freaking screamer deal. Like once I bought the first one, I got cash flow. It was like, it was like I had a job without a job. And then when I went to sell it, the guy that was buying it from me was a doctor. And he started getting all, you know, doctors, if you've ever done a deal with a doctor, they know how to charge. They don't know how to pay. <laughs> okay? They all get anal, like too much doctor time, too much probing. They're like, oh, what about this? What about that? I'm like, dude, what's wrong with you, man? You got a good practice or not? But they're, they're cheap. They're cheap. So I was selling to a guy that's cheap. And, I, and I'm like, OK, I got to learn this game. I don't, I don't want to sell to people that are economically imprisoned. 
I want to sell to the Goldman Sachs and the Blackstones of the world. You, you, you can't start there, but you can level the game up to play there yeah. uh, because Blackstone has more money than it, it can actually put to work. Yeah. So I, I'm in my mind, I'm wondering how this process works when you're using three brains at the same time. Is it like, are they working in separate entities or they're saying like, yo, we'll give him 50, we'll give him 75, well, you have the rest? Yeah, no, you never, no, I, I mean, I mean, three banks that all want to lend me money on that deal. Oh, just, okay. They're competing for one loan. For your service, okay. Not three loans. Okay, I got you. No, I don't, I don't do I'm the like, three what? loan How's thing. That work? Okay. So you said, you said, I, I saw on Instagram, you had 900 million dollars in debt, something like that? No, I'll probably have a, uh, maybe one. Why you keep cutting me, man? Well, this is what you said. It's, 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 I, this ain't this ain't Grandpa Dave. <laughs> Dave's like all debt is bad debt. You, you're dumb, dude. You're dumb. Dude. There's not a country on this planet that doesn't use debt, including Apple Computer. Apple Computer has two one hundred and ninety six billion dollars in cash today. They will borrow money tomorrow morning. Debt is good. Some debt is good debt. And there's not a wealthy company on this uh, planet. Not one wealthy company on the planet Earth that is cash free, that does not use debt, good debt, because debt is so cheap today. So uh, you got companies that borrow money to buy their shares back. Right. So so Dave, Dave is just playing a little game. He's a little man. He's playing a little man's game. Okay? It's a little man. It's, a, it's an old way of thinking. And it appeals to millions and millions of people that are like, I want to get out of debt. I want to get out of debt. I don't want to get out of debt. I want to create wealth. And the way to create wealth is through debt. So, uh, but do you ever worry about over leverage? Like we saw in 2008 when the real estate market crashed, the yeah, stock yeah, market crashed. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people. I worry about, I worry about too, too much debt. Okay. So how do you, how do you hedge that to make sure that you're still positioned? Even if we well, have. I, I got, I got one, $1.4 million, $1.4 billion worth of debt, but I got $2.3 billion in assets. So I'm not, I'm not even you're close not, to over leverage. You're not over leveraged. No, no, not even, not like. Like I'm, I'm, I'm maybe 60%. Okay. And the debt is cheap. The debt is under 3%. I pay interest only. I don't even pay the mortgage down. So basically what I'm doing is prepaying my mortgage, massive amounts of mortgage I'm paying down in the beginning. So it stays stable. My debt stays stable and the asset goes up in value. So like, like a house, you see the problem with a house and you could, shouldn't even have this comparison or conversation because if I buy a house for, let's say the house is the average house is about $240,000 in America and I put 5% down, you're probably over leveraged right there. Why, why, why would they give me that loan? And the house doesn't provide any income. Well, you know what's interesting? We spent the, we spent the summer in LA. We had, this is the same conversation we had. I'm a financial advisor by trade. So yeah. um, I was telling him, I was telling him and my friend Jamal, and I'm like, you know what? I was thinking about it because we, we, we're having the stock market. I know you're not really in the stocks. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a paper guy. Well, yeah, we're having the stocks. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, because I see people that I work with as a financial advisor that might, you know, they might have like $200,000 of cash to their name. And they're buying a home and they're using like $70,000, $80,000 down. Yeah. And then they got to put another 20000 to get their kitchen fixed. And then they got to like borrow from their 401k. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they got to go buy some furniture because now they're hooked in. Yeah, now, so now it's like don't. you don't really have enough money. No. You're you're like him. You're depleting. Don't, your, totally. Your, and then it's like you don't have enough money to invest. So I was yeah, saying yeah, like yeah. if you actually just rented a place yeah. and used that money in the market, in the yes. stock market, you would have more money. So obviously everybody's situation is different. But when I was telling him that, they was kind of going back and forth with me. They didn't fully agree with me. But yeah. I'm like. Well, they're wrong. 
No, well, it was a situation. Well, I don't buy telling you that's wrong. Part, that's part of the story. The other yeah. part was like, it depends on the situation, right? So if somebody's handed home, then it's different. But right? most people aren't handed but home. Some so, people are. So that's No, why. no. Even if you're handed home, yeah. you don't want a home handed to you, man. God damn. Like, like just somebody gives you a donut doesn't mean you want to eat it. <laughs> you know? what, what, if they gave you, what if they give you an eight ball? <laughs> like, here, here, do it all right now. Like just because they give it to you, like, like you know, you go out to the club and somebody wants to give you something, you can't get rid of. Like, like I don't want that. Not all assets are become li- can become liabilities. Children become liabilities. Like my two kids are my biggest asset. But the truth is, if you don't share this anywhere except to your small group, nobody's people, listening. Nobody's okay. listening. Don't worry about it. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, do, if somebody threatened my kids, like. I will give all my gold away. Like it is my biggest liability is the threat of my children. If somebody would do something to my kids, that's why I say all assets become liabilities. At some point. Yeah. You you see what I'm saying? So, so when I go buy that one house in, in Los Angeles, which is going to be 500,000, Right? Small house in Los Angeles. Small house. Piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Like, what part of Los Angeles? Exactly. You, you, and you better carry what I got in my bag. Okay? <laughs> so you you got to put a hundred grand down. Since COVID, that's a 20% down payment. That whole 5% game is off the table now for everybody. Yeah. So now it's 20% down. Am I right on that? Uh, MG. MG? Huh? What, what, where can I get a 5% loan today? Oh man, you ought to check, man. Take a little COVID check. The, okay, you got that mask on a, right now. He's our mortgage guy. <laughs> okay. He's our mortgage, mortgage guy. broker. Okay, any bank in America. You, any, any bank in America. Let, what, what if I lost my job during COVID? I was off. Excuse me. Okay, that's 40 million people. The game just changed from 40 million. That's now a 20% down payment. 40 million people in this country lost their jobs. Okay, that's nine percent of the population. Like that's a massive portion of people. And then if you didn't lose your job, they're going to look at that job and say, "Okay, you work over at Cardone Enterprises. Was anybody let go? Did you guys get cut? Like a lot of people got cut. The banks are scared right now. They're terrified of these home loans. So let's say it takes whatever number you want to use. You want to use twenty five thousand dollars down. That's five percent or it's one hundred thousand dollars down. Okay. Either way, you're at a you you're tied to a 30 year mortgage. You're going to pay what four percent? Right now, two point one, two point eight, two and a half percent. Ten years, you're going to you need twenty one point five percent just to pay the bank back. You need a twenty one percent gain on that house in California. And and another problem is that the vast majority of people don't make enough money to actually support their mortgage payments because they're living paycheck to paycheck. So if they're making like even ten thousand dollars a month and their mortgage payment is four thousand, then you gotta pay insurance, then you gotta pay for your kid to go to school and property tax. And, and they had to pay tax. the little uh uh-uh, uh the little what's it called the uh, the little because they only put five percent down. What's that jack fee? PMI. PMI. Yeah, the PMI. So you know if they use abbreviations, they're fucking you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying PMI. You know they fucking you, okay? <laughs> the R E I T, the REIT. Okay, it yeah. was real estate. It was perfect the way it was and then they added the IT. <laughs> <laughs> Investment trust. At that point, they fucked you right there. I'm just saying. Every time they start doing the acronyms, they jacking you. Yeah. <laughs> so but, so I, I agree with a lot what you're saying. And I mean, everybody, a lot of people have said, like, that's why you should buy multifamilies and, right. and have some level of cash flow. Because if it's just a single family home, it's not really, yeah. technically, it's not really an investment. And like I said, for the vast majority of people, they're kind of doing it wrong and they're struggling and they're just like working just to pay yeah. their debt. Yeah. yeah. And if this is a good deal, by the way, yeah. Yeah. if it's a good deal, then why don't you go buy four of them? 
because you get the same loan. And then you got four people paying you rather than you paying it. So like, I mean, I could slice this thing so many different ways. If this is a piece of real estate, I'm going to be limited on my interest deductions, right? To what? Uh, 700? Do you know what my interest was last year on $1.4 billion? I don't even know what the number is. Too many zeros involved. But like, let's say I paid 3% on $1.4 billion. That was $520 million in debt interest payments. You can only write up up to 750000 Guess what I wrote off? The entire $520 million in interest payments. All of it. I want to put on a new roof? Fucking write that off, too. I want to put on new doors? Right, because it's commercial. You can't yeah. do that on a house. Uh, so you don't get any of the game. You don't get the leverage. You don't get the wealth game, and you don't get anybody paying your paying your rent. All this real estate that I bought, I rent where I live. Right and now, nope. Right now, and nobody. People come over to my house, have drinks with me. And they're like, "Do you rent this or do you own this?" Nobody asked me that. <laughs> That's a party, yeah. Okay. <laughs> nobody asked so me. Nice, like, place, nice yeah. watch. <laughs> nice watch. <You> know? <laughs> And by the way, I paid for this watch with real estate. Real estate bought this watch. That, that's that's a house right there. You know, <laughs> and I don't, I, I'll tell you a little trick with money, man. I am the I am the tightest and smartest dude there is on money. Like if if it, if it's not passive income, if I cannot buy it with passive income, I will not buy it. Like if I go earn money, five hundred grand, I would never spend five hundred grand. I take the five hundred grand, invest all of it. If the investment can buy my Richard, I'll buy it. Okay. I have to be able to buy two of them. The guy came to me about to watch. He's like, it's number 10 of 15. I'm like, okay, hold on. I think I like it. <laughs> hold on, but let me Something check. About that can I 10. buy number one? It, can, do we have enough passive income to pay for it? Number two, can I buy two of them right now in cash? And number three, do you still know this is stupid? <laughs> yes, I do. And, and, and number four, dude, uh, uh, if you got two of those checked off, you could probably pull the deal off. Can I write it off? No, I can't write it off. Okay. It's stupid. Let's do it anyway. So is that what you came with the mentality? Like I, I read that you said, look, I always try to go broke. As soon as I get the I, money, I, I got to put it. Cash is trash, somewhere else. man. Cash is trash. Cash is garbage. It is garbage. It is manufactured fiat. It's got a white dude with a balding head. And in God we trust. There's so many lies on on a hundred dollar bill. It's unbelievable. It's all lies and tricks and gimmicks and and pulling on heartstrings and trying to get people to convince. Do you guys really believe God's got anything to do with this piece of paper? Huh? Come on, man. Please. We we trading time for pieces of paper. All a bunch of in God we trust. One hundred dollars. The United States of America. What's it worth? You know, we printed 21% of all the U.S. dollars in circulation. They were printed last year, not in the last decade, last year. So that dollar, that dollar is after last year is worth about that. So this is trash. You lose it. The banks tell you to save it. Save it, man. Save the money. Save the money. As soon as you give it to the bank, they freaking push it out into the marketplace. 97 times. So they got to keep 3% of their reserves. They push it out 97 times. They don't even do what they tell us to do. Save your money. And then they tell us, buy a house. The banks are the ones that sold us on a house. Okay. We, we eat, you eat eggs and bacon for breakfast because somebody came out with a program that said breakfast is the meal of the day. And that saved the pork in the chicken industry and farmers around the country. We're being lied to every day, man.
76% of Americans live pay to, paycheck to paycheck, and most everybody is playing the game by the rules. Okay? It's like, it's like going to Vegas. That's when you get hurt. You're playing by the rules. Yeah. And you're playing by the middle class rules. Poverty's not the problem in this country. It's the middle that's the real problem. It's got 76% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. They're buying houses. They're buying life insurance. They're dabbling in the stock market. They're, they got IRA accounts and 401ks, bullshit, lie programs. <laughs> See your money in 40 years. It'll be here for you when you get here. It's stupid, man. Yeah, it's, it benefits Wall Street. It benefits the banks. So let me ask you this. You don't, you don't believe in the stock market? I don't understand it, man. It's okay. just it's just too complicated for me, man. Think so? It's like it's, look at all the acronyms, man. <laughs> <laughs> too many tickets. <laughs> damn, man. There's a lot of trickery shit going on, man. I mean, if, 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 I open up, if I open up Wall Street Journal and then you show me a picture of a casino, it looks very similar to me. Roulette wheel, <laughs> Cracker Jack, poker machine, Blackjack, $5, $10, uh, You know, it's just weird to me. Like, they won't lend me money there. Like, the banks will you not can. lend you money. to. You, well, you can get a margin account. Oh, uh, you can get a margin, but you had, you had to go take a stake first. Or you can put some collateral. now they now, Collaterals. Okay, now they, they <laughs> want to pull it back from you. Okay, the whole thing about liquid. We all been taught, stay liquid. Yeah. yeah Is that, that really good? See, as long as you're liquid, man, I can get your bag. As long as you're liquid, if I like, if you guys just open your minds a second mm -hmm. and 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 think, man, can this many people be this stupid? <laughs> like, can this many people be stupid? You're working your asses off. You do exactly what they say. I'm gonna save my money. I'm gonna buy a house, and we still don't get ahead because we're not making the wealth moves, man. Warren Buffett owned one house and one car. He took all his other money and invested, okay? Elon Musk, he, he cashes out of PayPal. Never owned a damn home in his life, okay? One of the richest people in the world. Cashes out of PayPal with $180 million, invest the entire amount in three businesses the next week, and then rented an apartment. Yeah. And we're saying, yes, sir, Mr. Musk, let's go to Mars. So you just have to start. If you, when you see this many people trapped, you can't say these people are stupid, okay? You gotta say, what's wrong? I saw myself for 20 years from the age of 25 to 45, not getting ahead. Okay. 2008 hit. And I was like, Oh, what happened? What happened was I had played by the rules. I got trapped by the rules. I did everything exactly the way I was supposed to do it. And, it, and, it, and it, it's just the wrong set of rules. So there was a mindset change because I mean, I heard you say this about the, this book that we both read the millionaire next door. Yeah. And yeah. I read it and my perspective was like, wow, people that make that much money, are cheap, right? They they don't exactly. Do, they're conservative with their money, and that's how they keep it. And then I heard your perspective, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah." That's a different way to look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Yo, his mindset is just different." Right? Yeah. Your so thing when like, I, when, I don't want to be a millionaire. I, when I read the Millionaire Next Door, that was the last time I ever took advice from a million, millionaire. I'm like, I don't live like that. That's stupid. Buy a used truck. Right, right. <laughs> like, Drive if a used truck or a new truck gets in the way of where I want to go, I'm done already. You know, don't buy coffee. This $4. If $4 sinks you, you are fucked up. <laughs> okay, you could, you, could, you could do this all day, every day, as long as you want. You see, this is, the, this is the environment I was brought up in. My mama was clipping coupons. She had a drawer 
where it was coupons. The whole drawer. You could not. It was the sacred drawer. Did you guys have the sacred drawer at the house? It was a sacred bag. <laughs> he had a bag. I know. So, so and, and and she knew when the sales were, and she knew she you buy low and you sell high. That is not how you create wealth. You do not create wealth on defense. You create it on offense. So you was in the car industry. Not a lot of people know that. Yeah, yeah. My man Mike actually took your course. He used to sell cars. Big Mike. Yeah, <laughs> Big Mike. So got a new name for him. <laughs> <laughs> we got a, we got a What's new name for him. <laughs> What's he do now, man? He's he's with us. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, he never smiles or is it the mask? He's smiling right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Look, I hated the car business, man. You hated the car business. It's the only job I could get. I got out of a treatment center for drug addiction. Okay. And I, from the age of 15 to 25, I was addicted to drugs. What drug were you addicted to? What you, what you got? Name it. <laughs> what drug you got? What drug you got? Uh, so we're talking like 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. Crack. No. Whatever. What you yeah, got? Whatever. Okay. Okay. Well, did crack. You did everything. Yeah, so, so yeah. it was terrible, dude. It was terrible. Like, yeah. I was 130 pounds. There's nobody. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Spec. <laughs> Spec might be 130 pounds with, with, all, with all this metal. With all this metal. It might be 131. So I weighed 131 pounds. That's 50 pounds less than I weigh today. I was my 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 the color of my skin was gray, man. Like yo, I was a mess. But how how many years? Ten years. Ten years. Yeah, 10 really. Years. I was a mess. Had seven stitches put in my head and face. I was beat up with really? pistol whip with a 45 caliber. So how did you? That's interesting. And then when I got out of the treatment center, the only the only place I could get a job was a car dealership. How old were you when you got a car dealership situation? Uh, uh, twenty three. So I was in a car dealership at twenty three, and I left the the car dealership, um, went to treatment, and when I came back, they took me back. Hmm. So all right, so you had substance abuse issues for your whole teenage life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, until you was like early twenties. Yeah, you go into car business. How do you grow the car? Because you became pretty big and you became really big in the car business. So I, what happened was I had a job I hated. You were right? selling cars? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I hated it, right? I hated the way people looked at me. If I wanted to go on a date and I told a girl I was a car salesman, she wouldn't take the date, right? Now, everybody hates a car salesman, right? <laughs> so, right, Mike? No. <laughs> okay. Now I hate you now. Just, yeah. So, so um, and, uh, and I had a college degree, man. I finished college with a drug problem. Like, I just squeaked through the college thing. So... When you get out, when you spend five years getting an accounting degree in college, car salesman's not the thing you want to be. But but nobody would hire me, so I took I kept the job. And when I got back out of the treatment center, I did not have the option in my life to go find a job I liked. This has become a defining moment for my for my life. I learned how to do one of the things I'm most proud of. I learned how to lean into something I hated, and it's a cool. It was a really cool spiritual experience because. The, th- the very thing that I hated the most, I ended up getting really good at. And not only did I get good at it, but it was like I changed it. I became a guru in the space and I changed the way people sell cars. So like today, when you can go there and easily get a price and a payment and a down payment, I'm the guy that created all that. So you actually hated sales and just became the guru of sales. From that moment. I hated it and I hated all the trickery. Hide it, don't tell them. You know, they play yeah. all these games in the car dealership. Mike, you know, you're still playing the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it was like, don't tell them a price, make sure they love the car, yeah. work it out on their budget. You know, it was trickery. And so I cleaned all that up and got very successful at it. And then I started teaching car dealerships how to do it. That was my first business. 
So you branded yourself, started a side business, yeah. and became a, a consultant to car. That's dealership. right. That's right. Doing your homework. <laughs> <laughs> These guys. <laughs> so where did this entrepreneur spirit come from? Because, I mean, all right. So you, you have a very interesting, you know, background as far as substance abuse for 10 years. That's a long period of time. Yeah. Then, then you become an entrepreneur. Like, who taught you entrepreneurship? Nobody, man. Taught yourself? Yeah, I know. Trial and error? You know, I'm not self-made. I don't want to say like I'm a self-made guy, but like when I was coming up, there was no courses, you know. So, hey, Grant Cardone here. Like I've done that cold call. Cold call. In cities. Mm-hmm. Like this show I just did, Undercover Billionaire. Mm-hmm. I knew I could do it. I mean, like when they called me and said, hey, can we drop you off in a city and you could build a million dollar business in 90 days? I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you think you could do it? I'm like, yeah. But the question is, would I do it? Like, would I leave my family? Right. Would I get dropped off into something, leave my, my, my beautiful plane? You know, would I leave my cush lifestyle, my nice cars, my, you know, my Gucci slippers, man? <laughs> Am I going to leave all my shit? I got to leave my Richard at home, man. Richard. I don't, I don't want to leave my babies, man. Richie. You know, so am I going to do that? Like, can I do it? Yeah. Could I, would I do it? Different thing. That was the hardest thing I ever done, have done in my life. Undercover billionaire? Oh, 100%. Never do it again. Hardest thing. I didn't mean to jump on you, but, no, 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 no. but so, you know, when I got in the real when I got, I got fired from that car dealership and then I started, I was forced to go out and start my own business. I didn't, I, I never had, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a big business guy. I was forced into this. So then from growing that, yeah, you see that you see the value in business. And now you just go in every different, you go in other different directions from there. Well, when I was 30, I started the first business. So I started, this is how I started. There was no internet. No, there was no social media. There was no verified. Hey, hey, my name's Grant Cardone. I would go off to cities. I would go to San Antonio. I lived in Houston at the time. I'd go to San Antonio. Hey, my name's Grant Cardone. Can you give me five minutes? Click. Yeah, I mean, thousands of people closed doors on me. And that really built this skin that I have today. This, this thing that I have, you know, this meet my ability to stand up to, for myself is really because of thousands, tens of thousands of cold calls. So how, how are you scaling at this time, right? Because there is no internet. Are we doing like publications in newspaper? How are you no, scaling? Just not no, be- never bought a publication. I'd, I'd basically get on the phone. I was in Houston. I'd call Salt Lake City. I'm going to, uh, on a Saturday and Sunday. I'd get on the phone and start calling businesses. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And on, on Sunday night, I'd get on a plane, fly to Salt Lake City, and start calling on people. Hey, I was the guy you hung up on yesterday. Will you take a minute and see me? You're the guy, man. You're the guy to call back three times. Yeah, I'm the guy. I just, man, I just flew in from Houston. I want to come by and see the guy that keeps hanging up on me. Damn, what did I do to you, man? Okay, come on in, son. I was 30 years old. And come in. I talk to him. I can help your sales department. I can show you something. Don't pay me any money. Don't give me any money. Let me just show you what I can do. Okay, man, go take a shot. And then that's how I started doing that 32 years ago. So who's the first business that you got that made, that was the break? And it was like, you know what? This is the deal that's going to change my life. Dude, I was in Utah. I was in Utah. I was about to quit. You mentioned Utah. Yeah. I was about to quit. You got me in the Mormons. Shout out to Utah. Shout out to uh, I can't even Mitchell. handle one wife. Dude. So, so uh, I was in, uh, I was about to quit. Cause it was hard. It's a hard, one of the hardest things I've ever done is cold call businesses. If any of you have ever cold yeah, call companies, it's the worst thing in the world. I'm not called, I'm cold calling companies mm. and, um, I didn't have a team doing it. I'm doing it. And then I would still go to the city and call on the very people that hung up on me. 
So, which was a, you know. That's different. It's brutal. Because I'm thinking like at the time, you're still paying for long distance when you're making these calls. I was paying for long, long distance. True story, bro. It's crazy. Like, like I get a $200 bill. I was terrified. And uh, had no money, no loans. It was all bootstrapped. And Utah was the fourth city I did. And I had a breakthrough, man. I just, it was just everything just fell in place. I'm like, oh, this is my gig. And I, I, I got so good at that. I started making money as a speaker. And, and then three years into it, my asset, this business, became a liability. Why? Because it was no longer, it wasn't scalable. Okay. So I got stuck in it. I became, I was on the road 250 days a year. I didn't have a life. I had money coming in, but. Couldn't multiply yourself. I couldn't multiply, man. I didn't know. You couldn't, what, you couldn't 10X. I couldn't 10X. <laughs> Shit, I wasn't even thinking about 10X. I, wasn't thinking, I was thinking about just hold on. Yeah. See, I was still, I was still financially uh, illiterate because mm. I knew how to get money. I didn't know what to do with it. Mm. And so I would just store it. I would just put it off to the side. I bought retirement accounts. I know he, lo- he loves that retirement account shit. And, <laughs> uh, and I would get that. that, that I, got, I got an IRA. That was stupid. I got a 401k. I thought I was genius. You know, it was so stupid, dude. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Taxes. Yeah, taxes. Taxes. My friend. You, this is what him. I'm good at. I, yeah, I know how to play this. This, 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 is, this is what I want to hear, man. I've heard you say. Is this a Christian channel? No. Okay, good. No, Fuck no. the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell him I said it. Tell him I said it. I, I, I think it's going to be in a deposition one day. I, I said it. Tell him how you really feel. I don't like him. Um, so you said that. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you no, don't hate either. Win the game. Yeah, yeah win, win the game, win yeah, the game. Yeah, you yeah, got to yeah, learn how to play yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah. A clip went viral on Instagram talking about how you brought the plane at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, oh, so, you know all this, huh? Come on, man. That's what we're here for, bro. <laughs> That's what we're here for. So give us the game on yeah. how okay. the wealthy and rich people avoid okay. paying taxes. Okay, so first of all, you, to, to pull this off, you have to accumulate money. You got to get money. You cannot do this without the bag. So I say get the bag. Secure the bag, okay? And then you have to use the bag. You cannot just, like this was, I made a reference to Pablo Escobar. He didn't know how to convert the bag. Cash became his, cash Cash by itself is garbage, okay? The rats will eat it, It, the the, the mold will get it. It's just gonna go away. It's being depreciated every second of every day. The greatest tax in the world is inflation. It's a hidden tax. So it goes down in value, right? They just print more. So this, this, it's, it's ability to buy things goes down in value because the price of things goes up. So what, what I do with money, okay? Every day I get an account. First thing I do when I get to my office is I look at my cash accounts. Okay. The, okay. the purpose, yeah, the purpose, th- this is what I saw today. Okay. You don't tell them. I'll show you. <laughs> okay. I see this. Okay? okay. That's sitting in cash. Okay. I'm like, I have to convert this to an asset, not cash, because this will just continue to be taxed. Yeah. So um, there's a game in, 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 with the tax code. There's certain things that you can buy. A house is not one of them. Uh, a car is not one of them. There's a couple of cars that you can actually write off if they're heavy enough. Over 6,000 yeah. pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's why George Bush did that, by the way. Don't hate on George, okay? He's <laughs> the one that pushed that SUV through there because he was tied to Exxon. Mm-hmm. So they're like, please keep the SUV going. Incentivize it with taxes. And that's how they keep the game going. The 401s and the IRAs, those are incentivized. Not for us. They're incentivized for Wall Street. Pay people an incentive to make sure they push their money to us. And we will own and control that money for 30 or 40 years on Wall Street. And they can hope and wait for retirement. 
I'm telling you, it's a scam. I'm not a conspiracy guy. It's just obvious, right? So there's certain parts of the tax code when they write it, if you study it, that allow me to go do things that takes advantage of the tax code. This is one of them, okay? So that, that plane, if you can afford to write a check for that plane or get a loan for that plane, that plane's brand new $61 million, okay? So, so at the end of what year was it? By the way, the IRS will see this, okay? <laughs> okay? Here it is. Here it is. It's the truth. That's how big the code is, and that's how legal this is. So at the end of the year, I had this big major tax bill. My accountant calls me and says, look, you're going to owe X. I'm like, okay, what are we going to do about it? There's nothing you can do about it. I've looked at everything, everything, the accountant says. Everything has been looked at. <laughs> I'm earning my money. I'm like, bro, something can always be done about it. Like I've used this for 30 years. There's always something you can do about something. And the moment you throw in the towel and says you can't do anything, you just quit. So something can be done about it. So I start researching. I'm like, I can buy a plane. I can buy a plane, wipe the whole thing out this year, the following year, and in the third year from now. So I call Gulfstream up and I'm like, hey, you guys got a Gulfstream 550? No, we don't have any. They're sold out for two years. Okay, so called him a second time. You got a Gulfstream 550? No, no, we sold out for two years. Called the guy back in. Can you find me something? Come on, man. I got 14 days till the end of the year. He's like, Grant, if I could, I would. I want to sell you a plane. It's going to be two years. So I, I went to my COO. I said, wire them $60 million. Wire Gulfstream $60 million right now. She sends the wire, hits the wire. Boom, they get it. I call Rick up. Rick, go to your accounting department. Okay, I've done this more than once to people. So call your accounting department and... and uh, He's like, oh my God, nobody's ever done this before. Can you find me a jet, Rick? Hold on one second. He calls the president of the company. They're like, we found you a jet. They delivered that jet with three days left in the year. I wrote off the entire jet that year. So you wrote off 60 million? Yeah, off my taxes. I wrote off what we agreed on, okay. Okay, which was less than 60. Okay, less than 60. Okay, now the point of the story is if you can prepay into the future with assets, uh, like last year, I bought millions of dollars of media for 2021 and paid for it in 2020 to reduce my tax bill in 2020 to zero. Media? Uh, advertising. Okay. So like that show I did on Discovery, Undercover Billionaire, my ad comes in at 30 seconds. Okay. Okay, it's a 30 second ad. I paid them you know, a million dollars in so, December. So just for the whole I wrote year? It so off for, I wrote it off for last year yeah. to okay. reduce my tax bill. But you paid in advance for this year. And it's already paid for going forward. It's like if somebody wanted to run an ad on your Legion, they would just Dude, dude just dump it, man. They ought to dump it. Like at the, in December, we start calling people, man, prepay for next year. So when you paid $60 million for this jet, yeah. how are you using it for the next three years? Is it because of the maintenance of it? Or? No, no. So, well, I, still, I own the jet, right. right? The jet's mine. So what I'm doing is, is, let's say my tax bill that year was $30 million. Yeah. My tax bill went to zero. Right. This next year, I still had $30 million left so, to write so off my twice. next year income. Gotcha. So the game is, just so everybody understands, like my job, my goal is to reduce my tax bill to zero or below every year. I don't feel bad about it. Anybody hates on me because I don't want to pay taxes, hate on me. I'm going to figure out how not to pay these fools, okay? On the other hand, I have a billion, $2 billion worth of real estate that I pay taxes on every year. That's $40 million in property taxes. I have 500 employees. I pay taxes on these people, right? We produce and buy a lot of things. I'm paying plenty of taxes. There's like, how many different taxes are there? Income taxes, state taxes, purchase taxes, capital gains. vehicle taxes, capital gains tax, capital gains tax get tax. sick taxes, die taxes, <laughs> estate tax, argue taxes, estate taxes. Yeah. I'm like, every time I look around, they're trying to tax me. 
So your goal is to pay zero taxes Dude, f- 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 play the game. Play the game. I told you if I could ever become a diplomat. Talk about I sell everything I have. Can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. So 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 the reason these guys take wait, these... Wait, can we rephrase it? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Ambassador, can you talk about that? <laughs> I took the job because I truly care about the Dominican Republic. I've been connected to the Dominican Republic for years. When I was in a cruise liner once, and, hey, there's the Dominican Republic. Where are the receipts? So, yeah, there's my receipts. <laughs> so so um, when a guy gets a job in a cabinet position with the U.S. government, Okay, like the guy that did last year, his name's Tillman or something with Exxon. He left his CEO job. He had billions of dollars worth of assets. If he cashed out everything he had, he would have paid hundreds of millions of dollars in taxes. Instead, uh, he took a job on Trump's cabinet. At that moment, they wipe out his tax bill. He can sell everything and walk away, walk away with the bag. And that's only while you're actually a diplomat? Or no, no, you're good. Perpetuity? Man. Well, no, he's good. He, no, no, I don't think it's perpetual. It's like while you're actually while working you're that in job. It, but he'll cash out at that moment. Yeah. He'll now, rather than having, let's say he had $5 billion, rather than having half that, he has $5 billion to work with because he would have probably paid half that in taxes. He has a whole $5 billion to work with the rest of his career. So he's saving $2.5 billion, even if the, the stay is, and I think he was three, like three years. He's like there maybe three two years or years. something, you know? Got all this power, all these connections. That's the a, the point the, is, everybody needs to learn the games, man. Don't hate on the game. Don't hate on the player. That's the real diplomatic community. Yeah, exactly. Facts. Exactly. So going back to real estate, do you feel like it's a real estate crisis about to happen? You, you talked about how many people's out of work. I think there is a real estate crisis about to happen. Who's it going to hurt? It's going to hurt single family homes. Not multifamily? In the middle. In the middle. Not multifamily? No. Why it's not? gonna, it's gonna, dude. Every, Especially like you said, in states like New York, right? Yeah, well, where you well, can't, you can't even kick somebody out. Man, you shouldn't be in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I've been telling people for years, man. You got to stay away from places where you don't own the property. Like you don't own the property, you don't own it. If you owned it, you can get people out of your place. Like my house, my kids start acting up, I kick them out. <laughs> I'm like, you guys got to get out of here now. Okay. The moment the law says I can't kick my kids out, I don't own the house anymore. They do. Same thing with the tenants. So you guys that own homes, I mean, I know a bunch of people in New York that own stuff. They're scared right now. The banks are scared up there because if I can't collect the rent, I can't pay the mortgage. And then what happens is the whole neighborhood goes down. When the shopping center down the street goes blank because nobody, the beauty salon, the restaurant, the bar aren't open, it hurts all the whole neighborhood. Everybody gets brutalized by this. So I, like, I just, I, I lived in California 25 years. I left there when they started their foolishness of raising taxes. I'm like, when they raised taxes, they should have lowered them. If they'd have lowered them, people would have, they'd have rolled in there and spent more money. But, um, so you got to invest in real estate where you're protected, where you own it, you can control it. The tenant, the, the landlord, the owner of the company. Landlord-friendly states. Landlord-friendly, where they, they, they respect property ownership. So that was that was your strategy? Because I know you've invested in multiple states. You're going into it thinking like, yo, I need to be in a state where I'm protected as an owner? 100%. Okay. Property protected, uh, landlord-friendly, taxes-friendly. Look where I'm invested. Florida, Texas, Alabama, Southeast, all, all that northern, all that ice, those ice states are all going to migrate this way. It's happening now. Yeah. And a lot of companies and corporations are leaving too. Oh, yeah. So 
10X. Let's talk about the 10X conference, right? You have a vision. This guy, this guy the biggest. Just going, man. <laughs> 10X conference is like a rock star. Mm -hmm. You've turned into a financial rock star of sorts. And you have like 20,000 people, 30,000 people. You're bringing Rick Ross and Kevin Hart out and Snoop. Snoop. Yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole situation. Usher. Uh, sure. Usher. Uh, Come on, man. Keep dropping. <laughs> you drop them, I don't have to. So what's your... Floyd Mayweather. Floyd. Shout out to Floyd. Steve need, Harvey. We need him on the show. Steve Harvey. You know? Another guy. I, like I mean, some freaking like... like what's your, so what's the, what, what was the plan? What was the plan in putting that together that you say, okay, I don't want to just do a financial literacy tool. I don't want to do a... I want to do... Mix all of these different yeah, yeah, things and yeah. like, how does that come in? I want to erase the line between entertainment and business. Because I think that... I think that you know, my wife's an actress, right? And and I said, you got to get out of this actress thing. And she's like, well, that's what I am. I said, you need to get out of the acting thing. It's a, it's a garbage business. You need to get on this side. And she's like, well, you're a businessman. I said, no, no, I'm acting like a businessman. Okay. Cause there ain't no money in acting. <laughs> so, so, so I'm out of the acting thing. I'm going to be a businessman and I'm gonna make us famous because, because I think that, that money follows entertainment. And the problem with education is education is terribly boring and nobody wants to watch it. I mean, grandpa, look at grandpa. Okay, grandpa said I should. Okay, because he's, he's a tool of Wall Street. His sponsors are Wall Street driven and big pharma. You know, save your money, son. Save your money, save your money, save your money, save your money, save your money. I don't want to save my money, dude. I want to use money. Money is useless until it is used. So I told my wife 12 years ago, I said, look, quit, quit that damn career. I'll make you famous. And boom, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. She's like, how are you going to do that? I said, look, look at all this. We're going to do it. And then when I got into a position where people started paying attention to my message, um, I was able to start bringing some of these super superstars together. And they resonate with the idea of financial literacy, have fun, entertainment and education. So was there, was there, I mean, you have a vast list of people that you interviewed. Was there an entertainer that surprised you with how much business savvy that they actually Kevin had? Hart, man. Yeah. Kevin. Kev, Kevin, so he's a beast. Yeah. And it's easy to be with the guy. Like, like other guys are a little, a little stiffer, you know, like if they, if they're big on movies and their script, in their scripts, they're harder to interview. Like interviewing for me, what you guys are doing right now, that's, I would rather be on this side than your side. Okay. I, hate, okay. I hate being interviewed. Did I hate it? Do you hate it? Nah, I love it. You, you. I mean, you, we're so used to it. Yeah, we're man, used to you're it. good. Yeah, you guys are good at it. We're it's, number, we're, we're, it we're stresses number one me out. Reason, man. I would rather. I would rather. I would rather talk to twenty thousand people, do a de deliver a message than than do an interview. One thing you said that really resonated with me months ago: never waste a good crisis. Never, right. man. Never waste a good legendary. crisis. Legendary that was quote. a legendary quote. That's what, right. What, what you mean by that? 2008, I wasted it. I wasn't in a position to go on offense. And in 2008, that was 12 years ago, 13 years ago. 2008 happened. Two businesses got cut in half. I, the two companies I had got cut in half. My real estate got frozen. The bank I owed $50 million to went under. Like, it was terrible. And I was sitting there like, I couldn't do anything. I was terrified. And... I told my wife in 2008, I said, the next time this happens, we'll have a billion dollars worth of debt. Okay, we had 50 million. I said, we'll have 20 times. And I'll have, I won't have 400 units, we'll have 4,000, we had 9,000. And the next time we're gonna go, we're gonna go eat stuff, like, like a humpback whale eats krill. 
<laughs> and we're going to go gobble stuff up because this is what these giants do. They take advantage of crises and problems and opportunities. And so um, if you can't be on offense and you can't stay on the stay, uh, uh, stay on the field, you can't win. And most crises send everybody back to the bleachers. And I say, go big or go home. No, man, go bigger. Bigger, Never go home, man. There ain't nothing there. <laughs> home is when you had your ass whooped. You're like, I'm going home. Shit, I had my ass whooped. I'm going home. Mama, mama, love me. So I never go home, man. I'm like, go big or go bigger. Because if you go big enough, if you go big enough, this time, the last time when the economy failed, the banks called my loan. So we need, we need the money. This time, okay, I owed 20 times more money, 30 times more money. And the banks called and said, we'd like to help you through this. So when you get big enough, you got partners. When you stay small, ain't nobody going to help you. Undercover billionaire. So what is the deal with that? I actually read that you guys had stopped for a little bit because you wasn't happy that they rolled it out during the presidential transition. Is that true? Well, there's a lot of things I'm not happy about. Okay. So me and Discovery have been fighting since the get-go, since February last year. So, you know, not really feeling that situation. I mean, I'm feeling it, but so are they. Okay. So they're like, God damn, man, this guy's loud. <laughs> you know? So look, four days into the shoot, I got dropped off in a town called Pueblo, Colorado. Plain lands. I've never been there. Can't use my name. Shaved my head. Look like you. <laughs> had a beard, growing out a beard, saw, a little saw, bit of gray in it. Yeah. They dropped me off in a town with the average income. I think household income is $24,000. Like the town's beat up. If you got any of you saw the show, they dropped two girls off in Tacoma and Fresno. They dropped me off in Pueblo. You look at those three towns from a satellite image, you're like, I don't want that one. (laughs) You can tell what Pueblo is. There's nothing there. So four days into the deal, I hit the ground. They give me a hundred bucks. They said, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get to town? I need to go to the bank. They said, why? You only got a hundred dollars. I said, I know I'm going to get rid of it. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, I don't need this hundred dollars. I'm gonna get rid of the hundred. I wanna go to zero as fast as I can. Number two, I need to go work out. I need to go to a gym. They're like, why would you go to a gym? You know, I'm like, cause there's people there. And I need people, cause I don't have any money. And the third place I'm gonna go to is a businesses for sale. That's the first three things I did when I got to the town. For the next four days, you guys don't actually see it because of the way they cut it. On the fourth day, Discovery has a mandatory meeting with me and says, hey, on the fourth morning, they said, you, you had an appointment this morning at nine. We're holding it off. We need to meet with you. And they get on this Zoom call and they're like, look, if you continue like this, we're going to pull the plug. So you was just going rogue, AWOL. Dude, I was going <laughs> crazy, man. They're like, look, you're putting it? people in danger. The crew hates you. People are fighting. We've already had two people quit. I'm like, so? Well, what the fuck? So what? why are we having a meeting about this shit? And they're like, what do you, what do you mean? You don't care? I'm like, look, a month and a half ago, I had a meeting with you guys in LA. Okay, I sat across from the president of Discovery. Okay, and, and I had a bag just like this. Oh, ooh, God dang, really okay, I had a bag. My bag, was only, my, my, my bag only weighed 53 pounds. Because that's what a million dollars weighs. I got a million dollars on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it takes. I, didn't, I ain't losing whatever my Whatever it takes. I'm buying these motherfuckers up cars. <laughs> I don't even like these people. <laughs> so so, so the, we've been fighting now since February, shooting that show. And we're still fighting. So 
What's happening right now is they pulled it off a of TV, okay. partially because their capital was burnt down. You've made no secret that you've taken losses before. Yeah. Uh, and um, perseverance is obviously one of your best traits. What is, you know, I don't know, and maybe you can answer this. Is, is the perseverance something that can be taught or is you have to learn these lessons as actually going through? Dude, if I don't, if I, if I quit, then I, then I got to start all over again. Like I just do the math on quitting. Mm -hmm. And if I quit, I got to start, like you can't really quit. There's no way to quit the game. And, and because the moment you quit, you just got to start over again. Like if you quit a marathon and you wanted to finish one, you're going to be sitting there the whole time thinking I quit. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to quit Undercover Billionaire for 90 days, every day for 90 days. I call my wife every day. I'm quitting today. <laughs> I'm done. She's like, you ain't quitting. She's like, you ain't quitting. You got to do this. You got to prove to people. You got to prove to people that you can do this and that they can do it. And, uh, you know, the idea that you need money to make money, it's not true. You just do not need it. And, and I, I, I literally, that, that hundred dollars, I never spent a hundred dollars the entire time. I was going to ask you, why'd you go to the bank? What did you do with, you said to you get rid of the hundred. So what'd you, how'd you get rid of it? I said, deposit it. Oh, so got, you, got a, started a checking account. So you just didn't want the temptation of having the hundred. I don't want the hundred. I don't want to be a manager. I got a hundred dollars. I'm going to be him. I'm going to manage a hundred dollars. I don't want to watch. I got to manage it. I mean, the best thing about that show was I didn't have my stuff with me because you don't have to manage it. I didn't have my plane, didn't have my, my watch, didn't have my credit cards, didn't have cash. Dude, all you got, all you got is you. And all, when all you got is you, you get, you get to meet you. I got to meet all of me. Okay. I had a different name and I had my head shaved, but I got to meet my courage, my commitment, my creativity, my persistence, my no quit. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a beast when you put me up against the wall. Which, one, one last question before we wrap. What's your strategy on marketing? Because you've, you've branded yourself. You've done a great job. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, thank you. you put out content at a rapid pace thank on you. Clubhouse all the time thank now. You, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> so, you. So what is your content strategy? What's your strategy on marketing? The story that I told you about Nancy is a marketing move, okay? It's not, it really wasn't about discovery. It really wasn't about the million dollars, okay? It was a marketing. It, you, to, to market, you have to have stories. And so what I do is I create stories. There's a story, man. You know, filling up Miami Marlins Stadium, I put 34,000 people in there on Super Bowl weekend, 2017. People are like, why would you do that weekend? Because I know what I'm doing, dog. Okay, because it's a story and stories, it's mythology. If you look stories, big stories, big stories keep being told and they get bigger and bigger and bigger over time. So, you know, I spent, I think we spent $10 million to rent Miami Marlins Stadium, marketing sent out 400 million emails, 400 million, yeah. not 400,000, 400, 400 million emails in one year to a list to fill that stadium up on Super Bowl weekend. Steve Harvey came and spoke and he's like, dude, who are you, man? Like what, what, who, who in their right mind, by the way, he's a, he's a, he, you know, he's a very church God, God believing man until, until he gets behind the stage and he starts, <laughs> who the fuck are you, man? Who in their right mind would rent a stadium on Super Bowl weekend and think that they could fill it up? And you're not Jay-Z and you're not Beyonce for three days to teach people about money and business. And I'm like, dude, I did it to tell a story. Because from now on, Grant Cardone's the guy that filled up that stadium on 2017. So that's part of the marketing game. The marketing game, you can't just have ads. You got to you you have a story. No, that, that's a gem, what you just said. Yeah. And that's why. So we just got those two kids I got. Yeah. Damn, man.
They're not yours? No. Biologically? They're not mine at all. No. It's a story, man. Really? I read it. I want to say, your daughter is like a natural. He's got these guys with. Yo, you're willing to go for it. McGregor. You're willing to go places that other people are. <laughs> ain't, these ain't mine. <laughs> nah, but, but I, we, so I, we got a truck, right? An 18 wheeler. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, it was, it was, a, it was our first truck. We're from New York, so we're not into trucking. Yeah. But yeah. shout out to Alex, good energy, our guy. He got us in the truck. So long story short, we got the truck and, um, we was going to put the truck on the road, but I'm like, we got to wrap it first. So our logo is a little different. It's like emojis. So when you saw like us with Dave Ramsey, it's like, you see two young black guys with emojis in the top three business. It's, it's like, a, you know, it's interesting. So I'm like, we're going to put earn your leisure on and wrap it. We all agreed to it, but it was taking a while. So. One of my other friends was like, let's just put it on the road first and let's not worry about it. I'm like, no, no, no. We can't put it on the road before we wrap it because we got to take pictures of this, document it, and put it on Instagram because I know what that's going to do. It becomes a story. A lot of people yeah, have yeah, trucks. Yeah. A lot of people don't have emojis on a truck. Yeah, yeah. Have this. So when we put it on there and then it goes viral, like, oh, this is crazy. So yeah. now the truck is cool, but the marketing and the, and the building of the brand now, it becomes bigger than just a 118 wheeler. It becomes like... Totally, this is crazy. Totally, totally, What's your best marketing play that you ever did? What's the best marketing play? Yeah. This wasn't a bad the, one, man. The, the you know, it's, it's got my name on it and everything, right? You can't miss it now. That's, that's a good one. one. You know, that's, that's a good one. one. So, so here's that's another one. one. Here's another one. Well, that's what I was going to pull, pull up, okay? So, like, uh, this is coming. You know, these are investments, right? I get to write it up and I get to use it in the marketing. Mm. So we'll put people in that. Everybody's going to take pictures of it. But that takes money, man. You know, Instagram and Facebook. YouTube is my best. Like, YouTube's my boy. Like, I, you know, it's my little brother. I love, you can take everything away from me. Do not take, take YouTube. Do not take my shit in my YouTube from me, man. My YouTube. Like, I love YouTube. Because you know why? Because it keeps building. Yeah. Digital real estate. Digital real estate. Shout out to Ben X. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a good friend of ours as well. We're friends with everybody. Yeah. I'm we, saying YouTube. You ain't friends with everybody, man. Uh, basically. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> Almost. We're getting there. Okay. Close. You're going to admit. You got you to have some haters, man. <laughs> you got to have some people that you're up against, you know? If you ain't hating, you ain't popping. They ain't hating, you ain't popping. They, they, they ain't hating you. They don't know you. They don't know you. More well, importantly. Because, yeah. you know, people that want to be you will hate you. So pe people that give up on the things you want will definitely, definitely hate you for having the things they want and quit on. Perseverance. Because that's just, you know, people just... Immature. So where do, where do you go from here? What's your, what's your 10, 20 year plan? What's your vision going forward to 100x this thing? I just want to live longer than my body does, man. You want to live your legacy? legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to outlive my body. So I just want to contribute. I want to, I want to be an uncle to, to people of all colors. I want to, to, to be, to be I, I always wanted to be accepted by everybody when I was a kid. And I didn't care. I just wanted friends. I wanted friends. I wanted mentors. I didn't care. I liked the girls a lot, but um, but really, really, when I wasn't with the girls, I wanted the guys. I wanted to be buddies. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to be part of something, you know, and I wanted to make a difference and I wanted somebody to help me and nobody would. So my dad wasn't around. My older brother, I lost my older brother when I was 20. So my two mentors, my guys dropped out. My dad was 52. My brother was 25. I was 10 and 20. And then I just kept looking for mentors. I went to school to find mentors. I went to college to get mentors. 
I, I wanted my uncles to step up. They never did. And so one day I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to make, make something of myself and I'm going to be an uncle to other people. So that's why people call me Uncle G now. Not like Uncle Dave. No. <laughs> Grandpa Dave. Grandpa Dave. Grandpa Dave. I got a question about uh, balance because I know you said you were, you were working 256 days out the year. What's that like now as far as the, the, the work-life balance? I know you got the two girls. Yeah. How's that? Yeah, so today it's like, you know, what I've done is now create a life where I get to bring them with me. My little rentals. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I get to bring people with me. Like, like I, l- literally, I fund, I, I quit just doing the, the business and started figuring out what do I need to fund my life? And I used to do budgets. Like any budget I've ever done, and I think most Americans know this, any budget you do, you could probably get close to that budget. Your house, your electricity, your water. I just started adding stuff. Okay, I need help. I need security. I need a nanny. I want a homeschool. I need a bird. I want a helicopter. I want. I want. I want an island. Shit, you know, who's gonna pay for my shit? Okay, so who's got my money? That's my battle cry. Who's got my money? Who's got my island? Who's got my ranch? Who's got my charity? We got. We got about three million dollars sitting in a charity account. We'll dump out this year, and I'll re. I'll. I'll, I'll hit it with another five or ten million this year. So that charity's for kids without fathers. And who's got, who's got it? I don't, I only have limited funds. Who's got my jet fuel, you know, who's got whatever I want. It's a contact man. Business and money are contact sports. Are you buying an island? Might. Might. Think about it. Maybe. Cash or you find A ranch or an island? The island. island. You think an island over a ranch? You want to go big. You want to go big, man. What are you talking about? 10X in it, bro. You can put everything on the island. It's a big difference between a ranch and an island. I know there is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be shooting the next episode there. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> Grant. The, problem with the, the problem with the island is I, have, I don't get the same tax deductions I get out of the ranch. So yeah, I got to consider all that. Got to balance it out. If I put some cattle on that ranch, I can write it off. Uh, yeah. Your boat. I like Kanye's ranch. Yeah. Grant, it's been a pleasure. Man, you guys are awesome. Okay, best interview I've ever done in here. I mean, this week. There you have it. There you have it. Biggest in the game. Biggest in the game. Uh-huh. What would you? What would you? What would you like to tell the people? Um, yeah. No, look, look. All I want to tell you, like, is, is if there's anything that I said today that that like, like, kind of like, ah, God, you didn't like that. Take another look at it. If there's anything that bothered you that I said, take another look at what I said because it might be something just hitting so close to home that you need to pay attention to it. Uh, number two, you know, I had a lot of fun with these guys. You know, I want to make sure this is the best podcast in the world, better than mine. So better than everybody's like, I'm a very collaborative person. I want to like, I want to flow a lot of power to a lot of people. Uh, I was doing a gig. I'll tell you one other little story. I was doing a gig once and we were I know, about 7,000 people there. And there was a promoter that was with me. And one of my guys took a selfie with a, with one of the, one, one, one of the, um, um, the guests. And the guy, Bill Zanker says, man, don't do that, man. You, you don't take, don't take selfies with the, the audience. That, that, that needs to be grand. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding, man? Yeah, man. You, he's the star. You can't take selfies. You can't take shots. The star is the star. I'm like, bro, there's a universe of stars, man. Shit. I don't want to be the only star, bro. When my team shines bright, I get brighter. So I don't want to be the brightest star. I don't want to be the only star. I don't want to be by myself. I played that game for the first 50 years of my life and I'm done with it. I want to play with other people, all walks of life, uh, love diversity. I like culture. I like, I like your stories. 
Because white people are boring. <laughs> They're boring, bro. Boring stories, bullshit. Like, it's so much bullshit. Talking about their country clubs and, and their kids and this and that. Your kids are fucked up because you're boring. Okay? So, so uh, I just love people from all walks of life. We did 19 countries in 2019, man. I learned about so many different cultures. People in Dubai, Singapore, Iran. There was 100 people from Iran came to Dubai to listen to me. Like, I'm like... So, I, I just like inclusion yeah. and and i want everybody to do well financially too that's the other thing man this financial game you got to figure this game out you have to figure that game out you got to make it a priority this year well, i appreciate that once again and shout out to maddie nice j watch too, man. oh you know well company watch huh? what? <laughs> it's a company watch it's a company watch yeah <laughs> is it y'all get company rolls uh, you know kind of thing we do you judge a man's by his watch these days <laughs> yeah i mean the richie it's not the richie, but Right. Passive income, man. Big takeaway, guys. Don't buy, don't buy, you know, get your assets, not your necklaces. Get your assets, not your bracelets. Shout out to um, Spectacular. Spec. He helped put this together. It's a receipt right here. <laughs> shout out to Maddie J. He helped put Maddie. this together. And shout out to my brother, Neo, Neo Davis. He helped, he helped. Oh, this yeah. Well. Neo, Neo, Neo. Shout, shout out, guys. Shout, shout out to the bros. Mikey, Mikey. <laughs> and shout out to the shout out to you guys. This is the first interview that we did ever where we didn't have to set up equipment, we didn't have to set up a mic. Everything was provided for us. So the hospitality here Appreciate has been that. amazing. Your Appreciate staff that, yeah. amazing. <laughs> Troy, housekeeping items. Yeah, shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. Y'all know that's our proud to pay program. Obviously, top uh, five, uh, top tier. You have access to EYL University, the number one business school for everything in finance, entrepreneurship, and business. EYL University, man. Uh, we are proud to have all our earners, man. The space has been growing, and we greatly appreciate you. And shout out to everybody that's supporting the merch. Shout out to our merch team, too. Shout out to, to Bam and uh, Smitty uh, out in Atlanta handling all the business out there. And uh, yeah, man, everybody that's supporting the merch. And uh, thank you for being so patient with us. Yeah, I, know, sure. I know there's been some delays, but again, thank you for being so patient. Everybody's going to get their order. All orders will be fulfilled. Uh, we greatly appreciate y'all. Yeah, EYL University is the biggest. EYL is the biggest. The biggest. Thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. My graduates from my school being Forbes, backdrop, backdrop, a mic drop, backdrop, backdrop. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.